I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. We use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. I'm Richard the Fifth Element. I highlight Fifth Element hip hop knowledge. I respect you when we're digging digits over you for real. Oh, fun fact. Mm-hmm. Guess whose birthday it is? Who's? Curtis Blow. Hey, the breaks. The breaks. Classic Happy song. Happy birthday to the Don. Happy birthday to the Don. It's an inside joke. You guys won't get it. But it's fucking great. We're <laughs> calling the shout to the Don. Curtis Blow. The G, the G, the G. I just saw that literally like 20 minutes before we started recording. I was like, oh, yes. 61 <laughs> years old today. Salute you know, to the dog. You know what I was thinking of doing? I was thinking of just putting the breaks on, like, repeat every single night for the rest of the year. And then at the end of the year, my Spotify biggest song would be the breaks. But it would just be <laughs> such a... Like, it would just only serve... It would only serve one person, and that person would be Charlie. But I'm still thinking about doing it. <laughs> no one else would understand. They'd just be like, what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> yes. Classic track. Oh, classic the track. inside. There's nothing better than a good inside joke. We can't start. We start a podcast with an inside joke. <laughs> Everyone's just like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" Hey, we'll explain it when we get to the Curtis Blow retrospective. I don't know if we can do that, but you never know, bro. You never know. It might be down the line. Never know. Never know. But if if we ever do, which I'm I'm not really sure if we are or not, but. If we do, we'll say we'll say we'll say then. Or if anybody just asks us, I will tell you. It don't really matter. But um, for now, we'll just you leave it as a side joke. Yeah, just just hit us up. DM, uh, yeah. DM me. I'll I'll apply. I always respond to DMs. Yeah, exactly, <clears> exactly. <throat> just multiple people asking, like, "What's the Curtis Blow joke?" <laughs> it's, <sighs> it's not even that. It's not even that deep and funny. But like, you know, if you want to know, you want to know. Um, all right. Hi Ben. How's your week been? What have you been listening this week? Been a good week, been a good week. Uh, this week I listened to quite a lot. Um, I've put it in order of uh, best to worst, as always. So TK Maidza, last year was Weird Volume 2. Now, TK Maidza has been huge in Australia for a really long time. MOB was everywhere in 2015. And I honestly feel like she's probably the artist who took the Azealia Banks blueprint the furthest. And shout out to Azealia Banks. She was posting some concerning stuff on her Instagram last night. So I hope that she's okay. But this uh, this project from TK Mides reminds me a lot of Banks' mixtape Fantasy. If people haven't checked that out, I, I know that Azealia Banks' uh, personality can be a little bit hard to deal with sometimes, but please, check, that mixtape is such fucking fire and it never gets spoken about. But this uh, this TK album, man, the beats on this are fucking crazy. And, and TK skates on every fucking song. She switches between rapping and singing effortlessly. She holds mood and she drops these bars that cut through the noise. It's like she actually has fucking bars, man. She gets JPEG Mafia on a song, and that beat genuinely shakes the earth. Like, Peggy, Peggy's awake on this, and he brings fire. There isn't a mid-track on here. There's no bad tracks on here. 
And the only thing I can see counting against her is her country of birth because she signed a universal. But honestly, as an Australian, like it's really hard to cut into that American market without some sort of gimmick or like one in really insane Rolodex like the kid Leroy evidently has. Like he's on tracks with Juice World, So, you know, TK is on tracks with like JPEG Mafia, who's big, but, you know, it's, it's a completely different level. Um but she just makes fire music. I would I would recommend everyone check that out. That is a really, really solid project. I've been waiting for that for two years because she dropped last year was Weird Volume 1 in 2018. So, uh, yeah, man, I can't wait for t- 2021 version. Like, that's going to be wild. Um, mm. Amine Limbo. Uh, Amine is like... He's like a chameleon rapper. You know, he it's reminds me... Huh? I say everyone says Amine, but you're the one that says Amine. Interesting. Uh, Amine, Amine. I heard him see. I've only ever seen it written down. I heard him say it on yeah. his on his album, <laughs> and I try to write it down to like remember. But obviously, I've made a mistake there. That's cool. But people people been calling him Anime. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. But um, yeah. Like I feel like he reminds me a little bit of Charles Gambino because Charles Gambino can kind of switch styles. And like, just sound like other rappers. Amine, yeah, Amine. Okay, I got it. He he's not he's not as seamless as Gambino, but it's really effective. Like sometimes he sings like six six lakh. Sometimes he sings like six lakh. Sometimes like I know you um, just fuck it off. So <laughs> all right, all right. So sometimes he does sing like black. Um, sometimes like Ty Dollar. He even gets into like a bit of a Frank Ocean bag sometimes. And I was getting like Big Sean, early Fabulous vibes as well on some of these. Like if you go listen to Early Fab with that like monotone flow with punchlines, that's what it was, man. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes he's Earth Gang bag as well. And mm-hmm. I, I only I think that it makes the album like quite interesting and textured. I think it's a difficult listen to sit like sit through straight through um, right. because, you know, it's not super cohesive. It's kind of all over the place. But some of these songs, man, they're fucking earworms. Like Woodlawn, Can't Decide, Compensating, Pressure in My Palms. Vince came through and stomped that. And uh, I just think it's because of his fucking vocals. Like his hooks are really memorable. The bars are really solid. They're not super outstanding, but I just thought it was a really impressive package, man. I really enjoyed that. Um then we get to Gashi, 1984. I thought Gashi was underground and I got dragged again the other day um, when I said he was underground. I get dragged every week, man. My <laughs> underground release list and everyone's like, Underground Gashi's hates you. Underground. Mainstream hates you. God, you can't win. I know, man. Just hate it. Universally hate it. It's like high school <laughs> all over again. Everyone fucking hates me. So so Gashi's like the cut price weekend. Like he was, uh, he was actually. Here's an interesting backstory, man. He was born in Africa, and he was raised in Brooklyn by parents who come from Kosovo. That's a pretty cool backstory. Uh, he has Sting on this album. the The narrative focus I felt was a little bit hard to follow. I think they're just a bunch of love songs kind of cobbled together, which is fine. But um, it doesn't have that uh, thematic focus that maybe the weekend on After Hours did. The production is really great. I, th- I feel like it provides him with a really diverse background to display his personality. And he does that. It's heavily soaked in auto-tune. He can croon. He can belt. And I thought it was a great listen. I really did. I think it's uh, it's well worth your time. Uh, we've got DC, The Don, Come As You Are. I've been waiting for this for about six fucking weeks because every week I thought it was going to drop. And I keep telling people it's going to drop. And it never drops. 
And everyone's like, where the fuck is DC the Don? And I'm like, it's coming, man, it's coming. So it dropped, and um, it's just a, a mishmash of everything I like in hip-hop at the moment, like melodic trap, uh, over-the-top aggression, large guitars, some drill elements, uh, some emotions over the top of a piano-laden track, which I'm a sucker for. Uh, I thought it was a good project, man. And finally, Lil' Key, Trapped on Cleveland 3. So many people have been hyping this project up to me. I I can't see why. Like, I don't know. Look, I don't understand why Young Thug clones insist on having him on their albums. Yep. It's weird because they're all fucking signed to YSL as well. Lil' Keed is probably the most egregious of the Young Thug clones. Um, it's This is basically a Thugger album without the experimental side with half the skill level and about 1% of the personality. And that's not to say Lil' Keed has no personality. It's to say that if you're going to mimic someone, maybe choose someone a little less insanely talented and charismatic. Just go fucking mimic Future like everyone else does. Like, I just... To stop mimicking Young Thug, you know, he's great. He's a a once-in-a-generation talent. You don't need to do it. Like, do something else. So I struggle with that because of that, that connection. But yeah... That's what I got into. What about yourself, Charlie? Uh, so I had a couple of catch-ups at the start of the week. Uh, got that Flea Lord, Pete Rockin, People's Champ. Oh, um, yeah. So um, I have a question, and I don't Uh-oh. know. You, you may be answered. I don't know if you're equipped to answer it or not, but uh, is Flea Lord, like, Griselda-affiliated in any way? Yeah, yeah, he's Griselda-affiliated, yeah. Affiliated, right, because it, it literally just... Yeah, around. Just, it, yeah, so it, it literally just sounds like another Griselda project. <laughs> Yeah. He shouts but, Westside but Gun the, out a couple of times. And, yeah, but yeah. but without the uh, but without the uh, uh, I guess um, uh, weight of uh, uh, pun intended of uh, you know of a Benny or Conway <laughs> like uh, is this? It's cool. It's cool. Um, it goes by pretty quickly. Um, P Rock's beats are clean. I like, uh, you know, love me some P Rock. Top five all time. And uh, yeah, it's cool. I don't really got much to say like it just sounds like another Griselda project and I don't mean to make that sound derogatory because um and you know I don't think it is derogatory since they constantly fucking drop like I think all like what was um Boldy James got one now come in yeah I think yeah. all three of the main yeah. ones got another one coming so this yeah. I'm not saying it in a derogatory term partly because they're constantly fucking dropping and people in their circle constantly dropping so you know it's not like it's not like he t- they took four years doing this one you know what I mean so anyway um uh, and we speaking should, of um, what? we should do a Pete Rock episode I reckon because <laughs> like I thought his beats were pretty clean you think yeah might, might do yeah Maybe, you know what, let's fucking do it today. Fuck it. <laughs> let's just, screw it, man. Let's throw what we were going to do out the window. Well, well let's there's just a do technicality towards that. I must correct. We're not doing a Pete Rock solo episode today. We're doing oh, that some okay. other day. But yeah, but yeah, but don't want to don't um, kill the joke. But, you know, yeah, yeah. But we might, we might, we might be doing Because uh, I don't know what we're doing this week. Um, Benny Butcher Black's Prana Family. Um, yeah, it's uh, kind of the similar... Uh, is what it is kind of a uh, vibes for me. Like they just all sound <laughs> to me, and I'm not sure if that's just me not focusing on the project, like you know, intently with laser focus. But yeah, it's just like Benny, and then it was just like I don't know, two, three other dudes. I, I don't know, and the uh, and the beat, the beast sounded weirdly like uh oddly like 2000 late uh, late 2000s I, it, there's a 
there's a there's a tinge there that uh, that is really off putting to me. I don't, I don't know what it how I can can't put my finger on it, but it was, the beats were kind of off putting for me in some ways. Uh, but there were a couple of good tracks off there actually. Um, I could name, but uh, CBA. Uh, but it was all about the women this week, man. Like Nan is uh, smoke and fly uh, coming through with real uh, like kind of early. Uh, real early little Sims vibes for me. Uh, very experimental in terms of just like what's going on with the beats. It's like you know sometimes it's spacey, sometimes it, it it's very um, rudimentary. Like you can hear everything going on. It's like it's like looking into a clock and you can see every cog moving. That's kind of how it sounds to me. Like you you just hear everything. Um, you know, just a there's no there's no hidden shit behind that, like a Radiohead album or something like that. Um, but yeah, she comes through with some. She has such a clean, um, a confident uh, way of way of rapping as well, which um, I really like. And it's just so, just so fucking London as well. <laughs> it's great. It's so great. She she, she just sounds so uh, just so. What's the word? What's the word? Uh, just real. Just she just sounds real, bro. It's, just, it's no it's no smoke and mirrors. It's like. Boom, here you go. Uh, Tiana Major 9 at 6 and 7s. Uh, one of my favourite upcoming singer-songwriters right now. Uh, back through with another one after being sound by Motown early, I think earlier this year. Obviously had that uh, Collide track with uh, on the Queen and Slim soundtrack with Earth Gang. And that's on here as well. Uh, but yeah, if you want to just listen to Summit with uh, some you know great songwriting, great singing. And uh, just, what's uh, uh, the word, um, like songs with like acoustic guitars behind it you know very very, very simplistic um, there are some more bassy tracks uh, and mainly t- uh, conversations about you know love and uh, there's actually odd skits uh, f- uh, speckled throughout which is basically her taking a breath in and out and then saying something uh, into like a mirror if you've seen the out if you've seen the cover art you understand what I'm talking about and uh, yeah but she's just She's the only way is up for Tiana Major Nine. I love, I love her work. Uh, Tikai Maidza or Tikai Maidza, uh, Australian Zimbabwe artist. Just uh, want to throw that out there. Uh, last year was Weird Volume Two. Bop, 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 bop. How many, how many bops were there? Oh yeah, all of them, all of them bops, all of them bops. Like, in, in, in each way, like especially that three track um, stretch from Twenty Four K, um, Shook, which I did hear before. Um, I think I saw it on Twitter one time. I think I saw the music video for this. And I was like, this is clean. This is clean. Uh, but hearing it in the context of the album just makes it so much better for me. And uh, also, obviously, the one with the, the Peggy feature as well. Th- those three tracks, just back to back to back, was just, mm. jeez, man. Uh, off off those three tracks alone is already on my, like, long list for the, for, for you know, in my album, end of your album list, the uh, potentially shortlist as well. Because the rest, like like you said, there's no there's no... There's no uh, dip. There's no dip in quality here. Like everything's just super clean. Uh, her personality just fucking shines. It's great. Uh, Barney artist, Lo-Fi Lockdown, the reissue. Uh, so Barney artist, uh, super, uh, just just a super down to earth dude. Um, you know, does doesn't really. It comes through with uh, you know jazzy hip hop beats most of the time, and you can see that by his features as well. Yeah, it's like Ghost Poet on here, uh, Emma V, Alpha Mist on the final track as well. Uh, so there's some he, he comes through with great features all the time, and uh, I've only been listening to him properly in the past couple of years. And I actually saw him live when he uh, 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 who was he with um, uh, supporting Common uh, Brixton. So shout out to him on that uh, great performance. Boy, Jordan Rakay, super hyped about that. Everyone was just going, ah, everyone was screaming about it. Um, 
but yeah, man, this is a solid album. Obviously done throughout lockdown. Obviously the name Lo-Fi Lockdown kind of gives off that vibe. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's great. It actually comes through some nice UK rap tracks. Uh, there's a drill track in here. Um, not in terms of content. He actually keeps the lyrics uniquely him. Because if you've listened to Barney Eyes, he's not that kind of dude. Uh, but he comes through with a drill sounding track from a production standpoint. And just f- f- flows on that with uh, you know stuff he talks about. So I, I like that. I like that variety, and obviously kept, comes through with some good jazzy tracks as well. So I can't complain. Shout out to Barney Artist, and lastly, Amina Limbo. Um, I, I wanted to ask, like, and you kind of answered the question for me, but like, I just wanted to ask. I'll just ask in general, like, what's who 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 is Amina for? Like, I feel like he's an every every man kind of artist, because like you said, he does a little bit of everything. And while that's a good thing in you know many ways, um, I don't really. Uh, I feel like most of this album was pretty decent, um, you know, uh, but I think after the, was it Mama or, yeah, some, the track about his mother, like, after that track, it kind of tapered off for me personally, Uh, 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 but I I, I don't know, I'm I'm looking more, I'm, I'm zooming out more in terms of this, like, and just asking what's his what's his like you know uh, signature like what's signature amine like when you when an amine comes track uh, when an amine track comes on you like how do you know immediately that's amine you know what i mean i i sometimes don't get that um the album itself is cool can't complain about it um apart from the last last third of of the album it kind of tapered off for me like i said uh but yeah i i just i was just listening to it and i was like this is cool but I'm wondering, like, what would make me personally, like, you know, if I wasn't this kind of person that, you know, tries to listen to as much music as possible these days, why would you want to listen to Amina, you know? Uh, that, that's just a question I wanted to throw out, just a rhetorical question I wanted to throw out. But, uh, yeah, man, shout, shout out to him. Limbo, clean album. So, well, not, not clean, but it's, it's good album. Good, it's, it's okay. It's, it's a decent album. And uh, yeah, I've got plenty. I've got plenty in the backlog. Oh my god, I've got some heaters in the back. Oh, can't wait to listen to them. Anyway, with that said, we shall jump on to our topic of this episode. Oh, oh yeah, Pete Rocky see us move. Who knew? Who, who knew? Who knew? Apart from that <laughs> uh, joke that I completely killed halfway for halfway through this. Um, yeah, so uh, I've been wanting this one for a while. Um, uh, just, just, just off the back of how fucking sick Pete Rock is in general. And also just uh, of how uh, that duo, um, in my you know initial thoughts of uh, P Rock and Seos movie, it's just like one of those duos that you know obviously they have pretty limited work, obviously an EP and two albums. Um, even though those albums are pretty lengthy, like uh, they're both an hour and uh, an hour and fifteen minutes and change, um, they definitely just could have been much much more they could have had a gangstar type run uh outcast type run you know what i mean just having just like four or five albums of just just absolute heat i i truly believe that but obviously we only got a uh, two and a half and so that's what we've got uh but obviously we'll get into the music when we get into it but before we do that we take a walk down the road to ben's research corner he opens the book as he sits on the uh, as he sits on the porch. 
I was just trying to think of like a storyline and like visuals as as a, uh, on the fly, and it completely broke down for me. But Bessie, Ben, what you, what you got? What you got? <laughs> well, all right. So Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Pete Rock told NPR that uh, CL was one of his favorite rappers because his wordplay is crazy. His cadences are smooth but rough at the same time, and then he had that street edge which is actually something that I mentioned when I was talking about that Pete Rock tape with Flea Lord last week. Like, um, you know, the, the classic, They Reminisce Over You. It may, let's just face it, it may be a little bit poppy without CL on top of it dropping what I felt were like fucking AZ level bars. Like, that was some, you know, existential deep stuff, you know. And that's something because that song dropped in 1992. And it has to be in contention as one of the greatest hip-hop songs of all time. We'll talk about it when it gets to the music. But, like, CL floated on one of the greatest beats ever made. Like, that was epic. And I think that really exemplifies their partnership just on a whole. It's like they just came together. And I, it is odd that they, they didn't continue after. There was some animosity between the two. Uh, there always seems to be in these duos. Apart from uh, Gangstar, there doesn't seem to be any in that. And I guess Blackstar didn't really have any. Maybe it was just creative differences. But, like, yeah, there was some animosity, and that's why they just haven't got back together for something. There's been talk of another album, but it hasn't really ever eventuated. It's like they seem to make up, and then they break up again, and it's happened a few times. I'm not really sure why. But, um, so I'll get into Pete Rock and CL Smooth, like, just how they came together. Pete Rock is a younger cousin of Heavy D, and it was Heavy D who put him on, and introduced him to Marley Marl. And Marley Marl created Pete Rock, the producer. He said when he was younger, he met Rick Rubin, Teddy Riley, like he grew up around legends. And he said that he went to a James Brown concert, I think he was 11 when he when he went to that concert, and it was just like, okay, now this is what I need to do with my life. You know, I need to be a musician. And Pete Rock knew CL Smooth from high school. Um, and because Pete Rock was always kind of hesitant to be the rapper, I felt like it was just natural that they'd link up and they inked a deal with Elektra through Pete's industry connections and they dropped their debut EP. But it was what happened after that that kind of propelled them right into the commercial conversation and a lot of that rests with Pete Rock. So the remix to Shut Him Down and then him working with Run DMC, uh, it put them both on the map and Pete Rock began to create a genuine... like. Like, Pete Rock was always kind of the commercial driver behind it. And I, I feel like sometimes that CL Smooth didn't get pulled along with him because they were both, you know, it was equal billing when they were making music. Like, we, we, we've listened to the music, like, we can say that they were both equally as talented as each other. But it was kind of Pete Rock who had the industry connections and, and that name. And, uh, yeah, Pete Rock began to create a name for himself as someone who could, like, repurpose music into something relevant and vital in the present. And that was more than just sampling. It was in. It was remixing. It was like what he could do was pick up the vibe of the track or pick up the energy of the track, and then project that onto the artist. It was like this this incredible like synergy. And every song that they created together, it was almost like I guess that's why they're such a great duo is because they were creating together at the same time. And I think that's why Pete Rock has maybe struggled a little bit since to kind of carve out a genuine another duo or like another name for himself and maybe CL Smooth as well at the same time because it's just like that synergy was there from the start and it was really powerful. I mean, they met in grade school, so that does make sense. They've been around each other for a long time. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, as as Pete Rock unfolds unfolds these beautiful like soul and jazz samples, CL just skates over the top of them. Like he reminds me a lot of when Q-Tip was in top form. He had every element, like content, delivery. He could sit in a pocket, but he could stand out at the same time. Um, he would sound like he was running alongside the beat. And so like their backstory is kind of similar to how a lot of these duos got started. It's like one was a little bit more popular than the other within the industry. And it just made sense. They gravitated towards each other. And then we get, you know, the debut album, man, and it's fucking fire. I do wonder, like, in terms of just life in general, why we always, um, you know, when there's a group of people or more than one person in something that we <laughs> we always, like, lift up the other one of them and not the other. It's so weird. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, it's just a random thing I've just clocked when, you, when you're talking. I'm just like, we always... Like, in, in this case, I can... It, it, you you can kind of understand it because um, you know P Rock is still doing bits right now. Like we literally just talked about a project he just did, right? And he's he did Retropolitan last year. You know he has a he did a, a SB twelve one twelve uh, album last year. So like he keeps he keeps coming. Um, I don't I don't know last time Seal Smooth dropped, but anyway, just just a throw that. It's just a random thought. Um, well, I wonder just just on that point because that's a good point. I wonder, you know, because because we look at all these things in retrospect, like these are retrospectives. So we we have this weight of you know what happened after mm. to kind of talk about. But like, I wonder what it was like at the time of these artists. You know, Eric B and Rakim, Gangstar, uh, Pete Rock, CL Smooth. Like, I just wonder if people were like. Um, you know, if people saw CL Smooth as, as the bigger artist or, yeah, I just wonder what the perception was back then because I think in hindsight, our the history of what happened afterwards is Great changing point. our perception of what it was at the time, you know? Good point. Good point. Yeah, no, it's a, mm. it's a, it's a, it's a good point. That's obviously, obviously always the blind spot when it comes to these things. and uh, But, you know, it's just how it, how it is. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, you guys listening understand that for, you know, that fact that we can't, unless we time travel and literally like, you know, see them work and see, you know, highlights of their, of the, you know, for their relationship, like from a daily perspective, daily day-to-day basis, we just don't know unless they obviously tell us in an interview or in a book, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, anyway, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I just wanted to shout out uh, the, the 91 EP all sold out because um, it reminds me a lot of um, Ice Cube's Kill It Will. In terms of like, if you want li- if you if you want to listen to uh you know a particular artist, and this is obviously why EPs, you know, have a place, uh in 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 music, especially these days, consider considering how much you know, well, I, I don't know about the average person, but um obviously how much music we uh, us to, uh consume on a weekly basis, <clears throat> it's good to have that EP like just a short. Uh, just uh, just a short project just to get a taste of what that person's like and you know while Kill It Will uh, was was great and was really it, it was pretty much like America's Most Wanted the short edition um, All Sold Out was really a prelude to Mecca and the Soul Brother and just everything P-Rock and Seal Smooth because um, uh, while, the, while the sound didn't really change and while the styles didn't really change throughout the three projects, it's just great to know that there's that one, 
EP that you all can listen to. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's about 20 something minutes, you know, it's not too long. Uh, a couple of mi- remixes in there as well. <clears throat> so you get plenty, plenty of a, of a good taste. But with that said, jumping right into Mecca and the Soul Brother. Um, I mean, this is the this is the the classic one. Um, but I would like to put forward, uh, you know, just like a a cape for the next album we talk about, which I will do in a sec. But this is the most known one, obviously, Mecca and the Soul Brother, iconic artwork, just that just that big whip in the middle, and just like the big ass logo, and them two in the side. It's iconic. Uh, obviously, you mentioned uh, Troy, uh, Remnants Over You, classic track, one of the greatest hip hop uh, songs of all time, and just this, just this whole, this whole uh, album uh, has just just such good. Um, I I think it's it's really consistently it's consistently great, like from just just from start to finish, and I think that's hard to do, uh, especially with something. That is, like I said, an hour and fifteen minutes in change. It's always, you know, the longer you go, the harder it is to either keep someone's attention or just to keep your quality of work up. Um, you know, going back to our deluxe editions conversation last week, like the reason why that's such bollocks is because they're just dropping fucking anything and <laughs> it's just throwing shit at a wall or throwing shit in our ears, basically, and you know, and just hoping it sticks. Um, but for this, it's an hour and 15 of just consistently great work, just consistently great production. Like there's no, there is no beat. There's no crap beat here. And the thing is with Pete Rock, and this is obviously something we'll explore extensively in the, uh, in the solo edition of Pete Rock, but like the fact that Pete Rock and his, his signature doing this, uh, as a, as a, his signature production, uh, like what do you want to call it? Um, uh, technique, so to speak. Right? It's not technique, but it's just a, st- a style. It's a style. Singing to style. Is that he throws on just another sample, just because? <laughs> he he does it after every song, and it you know it either comes uh, at the start of another song or at the end of the other song, and I just fucking love it because it just makes it. It's like mini intermissions. It's similar to like a. It's it's, it's an interlude. Uh, it's an in-song interlude or an uh, equivalent to like a skit. I just love that. I I I love that. It's it's just a constant stream. Doesn't really you know gives you no dead air. It's like a good radio show. It's just constant quality. And even though the song's done, we're just gonna give you something to prime you for the next one. And it's just so good. And obviously you know coming to CL Smooth's um, uh, lyrics from obviously Ren- Ruminos. Not very smooth of you, Charlie. Shut up. <laughs> Fuck up. <laughs> uh, smooth, I get it. Funny. Um, <clears throat> it's because I've got gum in my mouth. I'm trying to like um, talk and have gum. I'm, it's, it's weird. Um, yeah, even with that track, uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned AZ because that's exactly the vibe I got. It just really just gave me AZ vibes. Um, mm. Just from the storytelling and obviously just how visual visual it was, you know, just uh, took me from a boy to a man. I'm biological, didn't bother. It's great. It's great. Uh, you you just see him as a kid just looking up and like is you know and it just shit's going down. Um, my personal favorite track is "Lost in Love" in um, it's their third single, and like I I I love how 
sensual it is. Like, even though it's a hip-hop track, it's it, it, it can easily pass off for, like, a, just a traditional R&B track. Like, obviously, there's hip-hop elements, you know, and we can we can all clock that. But, bro, if I, if, if, if I just gave you that track out of nowhere, like, you'd be... <laughs> You would say like, "Damn, who who is this?" And if 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 it wasn't rapping instead of singing, like a singer could easily just jump on this. I think it's just it's just so good. Uh, it, it really takes that um, R and B soul from you know the from I guess the seventies uh, and just brings it to the nineties. Just brings it to the early nineties. Brings it to golden age hip hop and just golden age hip hop ifies it. I just fucking love it. Um, obviously, straighten it, straighten it out. Um, uh, what, what the cra- Soul Brother number one. Uh, it's like that. Uh, the basement. If it rough and ain't right, it's, oh, it's, so, it's so good. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's just got some great. It's it's so cohesive. That's that's basically the word. It's it's cohesive, consistently great. No lulls. Uh, it, it just just keeps just keeps coming at you at a steady stream, and like it doesn't overwhelm you at any point. It's just you could just put it on, and it'll just take you on a smooth ride, cruise controlling, the literary cruise control uh, album right there. It's great. Yeah, I just I think people need to talk about CL Smooth a lot more as just a rapper of like just. I mean, it was fucking nineteen ninety two, and he's rapping, circulate us in the vein. Set to ride the cracks on your brain like a Novocaine. I train to ease any pain. Yeah, get your wig loose. I relieve tension. The path to my lesson is the highway to heaven. Plus, mm. what a rush. Catch another one flushed. Now you got a crush. Making dames want to blush. I stomp at... Like, it, the mm. guy was a genuine... And I think that was... Um, I think that was part of the reason why Pete Rock was a little bit hesitant to get on the microphone. You know, he was, he rapped, he rapped, and, and there were a couple of great tracks that he's rapped on. I'll talk about it on the next album, but like, mm-hmm. CL Smooth just doesn't get talked about enough as a top tier rapper. Like a gen, it's 1992, man. Come yep. on. Like, it's not, this is not 1998. This is, this is really early. This is Rakim level stuff in my view. Okay. And, but I think, like marry that with the well, I think it is, man. Like I, I can't, and and he, the way that he was so, I know, I know it's it's a it's a pun, but he was genuinely smooth on every single beat. It's like he just kind of like relaxed into a beat, and he just became part of it. And it was like it was just the smoothest you're ever gonna hear. Like you listen to, back to these albums, and they sound current because. Firstly, because of the production, but secondly, because of the flow. It's like, it's not jarring at all, you know? So I think sometimes why those early 80s albums and and music and mid-80s can feel a little bit out of date is just because they're just not, the the beats are kind of staccato and the the rappers are just kind of out of sync with it and it's very overt. CL Smooth was just so genuinely smooth on all these beats and the drums, man. The drums on this album is why it still sounds relevant. Holy shit. And I just think that's why Jay Diller said Pete Rock was his favorite producer of all time. Yep. Because, you know, everyone says that Jay Diller has the greatest drums in hip-hop history. People are just... Everyone has said this. They're just like, how does he do this? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But when Pete added that extra source to Juicy in 1994 via his drums, you just fucking knew. Like, how can you? how could you improve the Juicy beat? You can't. Anniversary well, did of that it drop with... in actually today. So happy birthday, Jesus! Today, well. yeah. today, yeah. Shout out to that song, man. It's a classic song. Yeah, but like the, the 
the beats on this man they knock across the whole album and whether it's like straight boom bap like the opener or there's some like some jazz just fluidly incorporated on for pete's sake it's all fire and I think that the nuance of Pete's production on this record is lost in the wash of early 90s music. And I feel the same way about RZA. Like, we've spoken about RZA just having these flourishes before Dr. Dre had his flourishes Mm. and how revolutionary that was. I think that Pete Rock's nuance on this album is really lost because, you know, everyone was talking about G-Funk and how legendary it was. And, you know, we got the the big three albums back then of uh, Doggy Style, Chronic, and Warren G. Um and regulate sorry and and i feel like the way that he turned pete rock turned something like straight straighten it out from like funk to boom bap or all the instrumentation uh, instrumentation sorry on act like you know into just a smooth east coast track like he made everything sound east coast even when he was pulling from all these random samples you know yeah. And it's basically just an Easter egg hunt, this album, just discovering really cool production techniques and flourishes. But, I mean, the star of the album is, like, they reminisce over you. Like, P-Rock said that he was really depressed when he was making it after his friend Trouble T-Roy died in a really sad accident back in 1999. 1999. 19. See? Charlie's rubbing off of me. Now I'm not smooth. What the um, fuck, Charlie? Get off me. <laughs> Come on, bro. I'm normally on top of this. <laughs> so, so they both wanted to show. They both wanted to show love um, to their friend who passed. And CL Smooth's lyrics are just, you know, they're heart wrenching at times. And Pete said, when I found the record by Tom Scott, basically I just heard something incredible that touched me and made me cry. It has such a beautiful bass line, and I started with that first. I found some other sounds and then heard some sax in there and used that. Next thing you know, I have a beautiful beat made. When I mixed the song down, I had Charlie Brown from Leaders of the New School in the session with me, and we were all just crying. And, I mean, this song is actually really intense. Like, it, it is actually a really emotional, affecting track, and, and I struggle to listen to it still. Like, it, I don't know, man, it's just it's pretty intense. And I think, yeah, as, as Charlie said, lots of loving. Like, that's a love song. Like, you know... We shit on hip hop a lot because it's like misogynistic and just not sexy or not romantic. But this is right here, man. This is right up with it. Right. Yeah. This is this is like this is like Kendrick Love. Like it's just one of those tracks where it's not it's 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 a love song, but it's not like fucking your bitch. Like it's not it's not it's not overt misogyny. It's it's just like actually let me just read. I've got the lyrics up. Like so. And another note. Third verse is galore. Love it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of third verses. You want to be treated like a queen, stroke like a kitten. Every night you're uh, you're on the mitten. I'm fitting, tease your lips with the tip of my tongue. And there's no doubt about it, lady, I'm strung. On your love, looks and affection, you qualify top choice selection. Woman of a darker breed, mm, cutie, you got what I need. Pour the champagne, the toast, the glass, taste, but don't drink too fast. Because we've got many nights to cuddle by the fireplace. You blush when I, blush when I touch your face. Now you realise you're the one I'm thinking of with lots of love. Lots of love. Lots of love. <laughs> that hook is absolutely unfucking-stoppable. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, man, literally. Like, I love that song, man. It's just, uh, it's just it's, it's peak. 
that's peak hip hop love right there. I, lo- I, lo- I need more of that kind of stuff, man. I need way more of that kind of stuff. And it's not hard, guys. It's not hard. It's not. It's not hard. Like Kendrick's love is the only one I can actually think of right now, like, off the top of my head. Like it's not many, I don't think. And that's kind of annoying. Like, I feel like there should be more of this where it's just like completely sensual, and it's not. It's not. You're not being a pussy, bro. You're just. Just chat your ish, man. Like just talk real. Like uh, it, it's just. Yeah, well, we 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 can have a conversation on you know we've had that conversation before, but yeah, it slaps, it slaps. That's what I do like about CL Smooth. Like I think I think a lot of the time when rappers do go down that path of you know beat the pussy up or whatever the fuck they're talking about, I think it's a power thing. You know, I really yeah. do think that they're they're trying to exert their power or trying to feel more powerful, or feed their own ego, and I, I never got that impression from CL Smooth, and I think. That's why people have this kind of uh, rose-tinted glasses of these like late, mid, late 80s artists. It's like, yeah, they were brag- braggadocio, but they weren't aggressive and they weren't like super power-driven. And I think CL Smooth is one of the last MCs in that realm. You know, obviously we can point to Q-Tip as well. Um, who else could we point to? But like, I, I feel like on these two albums... Even when it, it, on the other songs, I, I never got the impression that he was just, you know, trying to like exert power and trying to be like the greatest MC or the biggest MC or the, the most gangster MC or anything like that. It was just like he was just going where the content took him and being honest and open and not trying to manipulate anything. And that's what I like about it, man. That's what I really like about it. And I think on this album, especially, you know, I've read a lot about Pete Rock and, and listened to a lot of interviews, and he was very uh, about hip-hop more than just a genre and being a culture yep. and how it started. And he was like, I was always trying to incorporate. I mean, even when he met James Brown when he was 11, he's like, it wasn't just the music that appealed to me. It was like what he was doing to the system, what he was changing, you know, how he was pioneering. And he was like, I've always tried to instill that quality in my music and there's a lot of political content on this album, and that's what I like, man. I think that um, I think it was just a lot deeper than just surface level hip hop on this album, and I don't think it gets enough credit, to be honest. I really don't. Yeah, for real. And uh, on your cube tip point, I mean, he did say, you know, <laughs> take you on the avenue, buy me links now, I want a pound of poo tang until it stinks. So you know, it, it's it's not all. It's not. <laughs> so, it's I not. mean, is that even anatomically correct? Like, does that? <laughs> Does it start to stink after that? I don't even know what he's trying to say there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, so, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not all perfect. It's all perfect. But yeah, I, I got you. No, I, true. I got you. I just, I just, that's literally the thought. That's literally the bar I came up with. Though. I was just in my head. I was like, Q-tip? It just popped is, straight is into the same, yeah, like It's the same yeah. Q-tip we're talking about? But yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure if I, you know, actually think about it, he has some stuff. But just, just that was like the first one that came to mind. I was like, hmm, don't know about that. Mm, Q-tip. Q-tip, oh, damn, man. Oh, Q-tip. Oh, oh. So, oh, you silly, silly boy. main ingredient, main ingredient. So, it's funny you mention RZA. Speak on it. Because like, when I was listening to this uh, today, I got the... Uh, and it was, it's like it's like twenty eight degrees, uh, twenty something degrees here right now. So it was pretty, it was pretty hot when I was just like walking the dog and I like, had having this on. This um, the way they, the way uh, some people make music, right? You can really equate it to like you know the seasons in a in a, in a year, right? So when when I hear Wu Tang, at all times, every single time I hear those dark, dingy beats, right? I always get like. 
minus five degrees like in New York it's, it's super fucking dark everything's cloudy like that's that's, oh, that's everything I get when it comes to Wu-Tang right it's just super wintry just cold as shit right and that's why we love it right um but when I listen to the main ingredients specifically, but you can say the whole, you know, and pretty much anything, you know, P-Roll production, but obviously we'll just stick to this in terms of these two albums, right? They're so summery. They're, they're so nice and summery to, li- so nice to listen to, and they're just so summery, so light. You know, obviously the beats hit, just, you know, just, just not, not, not like in your face, like, you know, it's not like DJ Premier bass, you know what I mean? If we're, if we're you know, throwing out just the uh, legendary producer names but it's just so it, it hits just that spot just hits that nice spot where like it you know hits you nice but it doesn't overwhelm you it's not here to you know up your energy and make you fight someone or punch a wall it's just here to make you feel nice and that's what i got with the music in, uh, the main ingredient specifically it's just so summary like someone come out i gotta love escape um, all the places, oh my gosh, all the places, oh, what a track, oh, so, that's so nice, I was just walking to that track, and, uh, you know, I got, uh, they kept mentioning pla- uh, Spaces and Places, which is a, a, a Donald Bird album, uh, which I really love, so I just kept getting that as well, uh, it's no, there's no reference to it, but it's just saying, saying Places and Spaces, or, or, pla- or spaces and places. I keep forgetting which <laughs> which comes first. Um, but yeah, man, uh, searching as well. Uh, and it's just some it's just some great stuff on there. I just like the overall. Uh, I I think the difference between the main ingredient uh, and Mercury and the Soul Brother is just the overall sense of it. Um, it's kind of like when I listen to um, when you listen to uh, 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 Blue in Exile. Actually, when I listen to Blue in Exile. Um, it's similar to that. When I listen to them, uh, I when when it's a whole project, I I look out, I, I look, I zoom out and listen to the whole album and not just like, you know, what's this particular track? And obviously it works here, especially uh, since you know P Rock does the rolling, uh, you know, just the rolling tracks of having a sample in the back uh, at the end or the start of another track. And, uh, you know, just keeps on going and keeps on trucking. There's no stoppage, no immediate stoppage. Um, unless your connection's off. <laughs> Otherwise, that's your fault. Um, but, yeah, the difference I get between the two, and it's very subtle, um, but it's just how I listen to it. Like, when I listen to Mecca and the Soul Brother, I'm looking forward to the, when they uh, reminisce over you. I look forward to Lots of Love In. Mm. I look forward to Soul Brother number one, right? Even though, you know, the, the whole album, like I said, is extremely cohesive and, you know, there's no there's no duds there, right? But you just... I, I personally just look forward, you know, just instinctively, you just look forward to the other uh, to the other songs. Similar to something like Damn, I guess. Like, I, I look forward to tracks like Element, um, Duckworth, um, Fear. I look forward to those tracks, right? And obviously, the rest of the album's great, but I just look forward to those tracks, and we all have that kind of thing. But with the main ingredient, um, I just look forward to the whole thing. I just look forward to playing it, pressing play, and listening to it from front to back. Don't care what the uh, what the track uh, the track names are. Just give it to me in a whole in a whole thing. It's just. It, it it just hits nicely in that fashion, and uh, it's kind of refreshing actually. Um, listening to that kind of album where you don't have to, uh, or where you don't instinctively 
look forward to one track. Um, you just you just want to f- slap it on. You know you got an hour and fifteen to kill. Let me just put on this uh, main ingredient right there. So uh, whether that's a whether that's grounds for saying you know main ingredients better than Mecca and the Soul Brother is purely subjective. Um, for me, I think this is kind of a, uh, a it reminds me of the Biggie conversation we had where I, was, where I was also like, whatever album I listened to last is my favorite one. <laughs> and it's kind of the same thing here. Like, uh, so at this moment in time, since I listened to the main ingredient last, it's the main ingredient, but obviously there's ground for Mexican and Soul Brothers as well. But, and, and it just, it's just interesting how I listen to them. The dynamics are very different. Um, but uh, yeah, man, this, this album's just clean from start to finish. Uh, the production is just so summery uh, and soft, luscious. I just, uh, I just love it. It's prime. It's prime. It's prime P Rock and Seals move. I'm really glad you actually said that because that's exactly the impression I got. You know, I, I felt like Pete Rock was beginning to recognize what it took to make a cohesive project as a producer, front to back, which I think is an incredibly rare trait. Because we put these producers like Madly of Alchemist, you know, up on pedestals, no ID, because they're capable of doing that because it's a rarity. Mm-hmm. It's very hard, you know. Um, I compared it to like, let's say, you you know, you can't be Just Blaze just throwing a bunch of hype tracks. And, and that's no shade <laughs> to Just Blaze. He's one of just the greatest boom. producers. But you want a Just Blaze project? Like, that'd be a wild freaking project, man. Like... So, so to actually I mean, be you guys able did to wait for a Just Blaze manage... so. <laughs> What did you say? Said so you guys did wait for a Just Blaze JLX. So, yeah. Man, come on. Oh, so did that I open a been... wound? Sorry. Fuck. Fucking Jesus. I'm trying not to think about that. That exists. That exists somewhere. I know, bro. That is in this world, and we can't That's like me with the with J. It. Cole like... Kendrick project. I know there's one out there. It's just, they're just never going to go. It's just never going to happen. It's a shame. It's like falling in love with someone who lives on the other side of the world. Oh it's like gosh. you know that they're Don't. there. Don't. You know that they <laughs> exist in this world, but you can't be with them. And it's like, ah. But anyway, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, um, you know, I, I I said I even used they reminisce. Like, you know, that's a massive song. But like, how do you manage the mood around that song? You know, that's that's hard to do. And I think around this period producers were really starting to learn how to do this. You know, we had Dr. Dre producing all of Doggy Style. And, and it's a bit different, though, because Dr. Dre had a shitload of help, man. A lot of help. Pete Rock was doing this solo. He was doing this by himself, you know. So uh, you, you do need a cohesive narrative structure. Only the best producers can produce an entire album cohesively and keep the attention of the list the whole way through. And I feel like that's why the main ingredient is a little bit better. Um, and it, it, it did arrive at kind of a weird time in East Coast, right? This is East Coast hip-hop, remember? Like, West Coast had just exploded with Snoop and Dre and Warren G. And the East Coast really needed a talisman because they were getting left behind a little bit. Um, and Biggie and Wu-Tang were providing the clout. And Pete Rock was heavily involved in pushing the region forward during this time. And I feel like this was a real crossroads uh, for... CL Smooth and just the duo in general like I think that they I'm very happy that they went in this direction because I think Pete Rock and CL Smooth are smart enough to see the landscape and see okay this is what's hot right now we're both incredibly capable artists we could do something that is hot right now we made They Reminisce Over You lots of love and we know what a hit is 
um, and we, we're seeing what everyone else is making. We're capable of doing this right now, but it just didn't it didn't go in that direction. You know, rather than just being this mafioso figure, CL Smooth kind of became like the teacher. You know, he was mm. he was almost levitating above the scene, describing describing it, which is what we needed as listeners. You know. It's very uh, voyeuristic to live in Illmatic or Doggy Style, you know, to be on the ground with the artist kind of like in a third person role, just watching them as they go around, you know, living their life. But we also needed those artists who would levitate above and just tell us the whole playing field. And I feel like that's what CL Smooth did on this. Uh, and I really appreciate that. Like, um, what's this song? I Get Physical. I liked I Get Physical because it's just like, it sounds like he he's just telling a story of what's going on in the in the environment he was raised in, um, but it just you know it, it doesn't it doesn't like descend into total violence or outright you know machismo or anything like that. It's like he just kind of stays separate from it and describes the scene to us and teaches us about it. And I really respect that from them because yeah, as I said, I think they could have gone down like the full Wu Tang or the full Biggie or like the full Nas. But they, they decided not to. And I think that was part of the reasons why they broke up because it did not get the success that they probably maybe were expecting after those two massive singles. Like, yeah, there's a sophomore slump in hip-hop, but usually the sophomore slump is only because there's so much attention on you after the first album was so great. So mm. if you think about it, Illmatic was not very popular, you know? And the same with Reasonable Doubt. Those two albums weren't the biggest albums commercially but they were just that great that everyone was like okay the second album is going to be amazing and i think with pete rock and cl smooth they had those two massive songs and the rest of the album was insane and so everyone was kind of like okay like you know are they going to do that again are they going to be even more popular like where are they going to go are they going to put five great singles on this album and they didn't do that they went for a cohesive narrative structure i repeat i respect that man and like uh, Pete Rock on Escape, like Pete Rock, Pete Rock might have had the best song on this album. That was nice. Like wasn't he it? fucking, yeah. Oh my that days! Was, was like um, people don't know <laughs> maybe that Pete Rock the first time he ever rapped, he was on. Uh, let me find who was on this track with him. Um, it was like Grand Poobah. Uh, here we go. So the first time Pete Rock ever rapped was Don't Curse, and the lineup was Heavy D. Grand Poobah, CL Smooth, Big Daddy Kane, Q-Tip, and Cool G Rap. That's the first time he ever spat on wax. That's a disgraceful list. What? Oh my gosh. The fuck? And he said that Heavy D and Grand Poobah would always gas him up and tell him he could rap, and that his voice would transfer really well onto wax. And if you listen to interviews, damn. his voice is just so damn. Oh my god, it's great. Like, it's just... Oh, it's the best. His speaking voice. Isn't it the best? Like, it's just best so calm and ASMR-y, and it's oh just, gosh. like, chill. And it's so, like, I'll it makes three sense books to my that he would children. <sighs> That's a little bit... Yeah, okay. <laughs> Pause that. Read books. What? I mean, it's... What, read books, bro? What, you're going to invite him in? You're going to invite him into your home? Like, I didn't say to, to sleep. and read books? I didn't say to sleep. Okay. I said in the, li- okay. in the library or something. Get here, another girl. Okay, I apologize, but but escape is like escape is escape is so good. He goes, um, this is the start, man. The first verse. Check the verse in the Bible says, "Man shall never covet, but in your life put nothing above it. You seem to love it. 
Invest in some stock to clock what's in my stable. Sweating me like Cain sweating Abel, you're unstable. You couldn't speak, now what's the fake smile for? The jealousy, that's why you're feeling so insecure. Used to be by my side, but now all I see is pride. On the quest for Big Lucci, you got you open wide. Like, it's just fucking... It's... Oh, man. Like, because you have to bring bars if you're going to compete with CL Smooth. Yeah. Like, you know, CL Smooth is rapping like, this cap is peeled, laying joints like a minefield. When dynamite's my rhythm, this is East Coast terrorism. This Vernonville's Mechadon, forming Voltron tactics. Left three off three verses and the crowd panicked. Like... So, but yeah, he brought it, man. He brought it. And he actually raps quite a lot on this album, which I really uh, appreciate because it does add a little bit of texture and a little bit of change in there. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that uh, CL Smooth is rapping 99% of the time, but like he actually brings Pete Rock, like CL Smooth and Worldwide. Um, oh, sorry, the song Worldwide. Um, you know, his verses on that with uh, Rob O are actually pretty good. So, yeah. That was just something that I think people overlook. I think people... I, I certainly didn't know before listening to these albums that Pete Rock even rapped. I had no idea. And then listening to Escape, I was like, holy shit. All right, man. Like, this guy... I think that was just the one thing that... I mean, there were a few things that disappointed me about their breakup. But one of them was... I would have loved these two to go back and forth. Like, really sit down and just be a duo. Like, a, a rapping duo. Because I genuinely think... And I know Pete Rock has said in interviews, he's like, because he was going to get on the joy with Kanye and Jay-Z. He was actually meant to be on the joy instead of Jay-Z. And he said, I can't do this because it takes me so long to write a bar, like write a verse. He's like, I crumple crumple up a thousand pieces of paper before I'm happy with the one verse. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think it would have matched because, you know, he's got to do all the production then he's got to write his own bars. Then he's got to slay them, you know. So I don't think it would ever have really worked in that sense. But just the dynamic between the two, I really do think that CL Smooth could have pushed Pete Rock to be a genuinely really great MC. And uh, that was only my disappointment. But I think this album is better than the first, honestly. I, I don't think it, as you say, it doesn't have as many highs um, but I mean, those highs are tough to top for anyone. Yeah. I mean, they reminisce over you is one of the greatest songs in hip hop history. So how are you going to top that? But like just the, the cohesiveness of this album the whole way through, it's like, you're not angry that it's however long it is. It's probably over an hour. You're never angry at that. Like, it's just, it's a great listen. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to give, uh, some bars on all the places since I loved it so much. Um, uh, CL comes through with, uh, are you ready for the legendary, crazy, rugged, raid uh, raw? Known to be the smooth who sat by the door. Furthermore, for you and I to click, here's the stats. Take all that dirty money, set the pot stores and laundromats. You love to gamble, now we open up an after an hour spot. 20 sacks with the Guinness for the jackpot. Members only playing pool like William Moscone with the tenderoni chatting about the GS I'm batting. <laughs> Ah, so nice. I'm patting down with the sound of a general fully supplied of my get-a-fired residential. We come to rebuild and ta- uh, turn off the heat now, hoping we can take it back to Huguenot Street. It's just, um, yeah, like you said, uh, 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 during, during that, just um, he's not coming through. And, you know, obviously this is the same year, you know, like as Ilmatic dropped. So, you know, uh, Pete Rock uh, as... as uh, you know, I think we talked... We, we, talk, we actually talked about it off wax and then talking about... Um, the world is yours and just like how 
that's probably the best track of the album mm-hmm. next to it ain't hard to tell if if you asked if you asked your people about that um which is the best of my mag track i would say probably those two in on average uh, people would just say in my state of mind most mostly but i think i'll get the most first face votes but you know anyway um yeah but i just wanted to uh, uh just go off that and um yeah, just a just a reference that because uh, yeah, man, it's 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 so clean, it's so damn clean, and uh, while it's disappointing um, that, like I said at the start, that we didn't get the opportunity to have like to have that r- true run, you know, where they just like I don't know, spend like like I don't know, let's say like ten years, just have a ten year stretch of just like solid work, just solid work throughout. Um, it would have been interesting, I actually, I think to see them go past 94 even um because of obviously the the really rapid evolution that hip-hop had in those you know uh, in those six years from 94 to 2000 i think it would have been really interesting to see uh how them two as a duo would have uh, would have fared and uh, i think you kind of gave uh, an inkling into um how they would have done it and obviously not conforming to uh, uh raw, rugged and raw like uh, you know like um, nas did with the with the Ilmaic or uh, obviously <laughs> there was no chance of them going west coast with it but um you know you, you never know um, in that in that case uh, hey hey new york's pretty much atlanta b right now in terms of the sound so you know so it's not Let's not let's not get it twisted um, with uh, some of the people coming out of that right now. But uh, you know anything can happen. But um, it was it, it is interesting uh, trying to hypothesize where where they'd be, and uh, I guess it just um, was a um, in, in a total guess with no you know inside knowledge at all. Um, may, maybe it was just like a uh, the game is changing. Uh, maybe it was a uh, just a logical, uh, purely logical look at it and saying like, if we're gonna keep doing this, which you know, you know, and it's evident by by Pete's rock product, Pete, Pete Rock's production throughout the years, like it hasn't really changed in terms of sound. Obviously, he's catered to you know certain artists um, in terms of their how they want their sounds, but it's still Pete Rock beats, and you you know if it's a Pete Rock beat, <laughs> like it's just so. Uh, it's it's so uh, evident when you hear it when you know you know a Peter Rockby when you hear him one, um, so you can go off that I guess and say that uh, they would have just continued on with what they were doing, um, but hey man it is what it is um, we have we at least we have two classics and that's more than you know many others um, I I do think they could have had like a you know like a gang star kind of run. Um, which is actually an, a duo that is probably as close to as equal as you could possibly get with a duo. Maybe next Outcast as well. Obviously, we did an Outcast there, which is a free part. Um, but, uh, and that's kind of interesting. But I think the thing we have to come away from this with is that uh, even though uh, we come through with um, you know c- consistent um, praise for someone like... Um, uh, for someone like Pete Rock, I think it's worthy that uh, we need to just say, you know, there were two names here um, in a similar 
in a similar vein of it wasn't just Rakim, it was Eric B. And, you know, throughout their, throughout their run, uh, Eric B's production just got simply better and better. Um, I meant to say this at the beginning when you mentioned him, but we really need to do a Marley Marl <laughs> retrospective one day because that dude had his hand in pretty much all of the goats. I swear, man, like every time, every time I think up like a goat producer, like Marley Marl's just behind it, <laughs> just in some fucking fashion. It's absolutely crazy. I don't know, man. That dude was epicenter in some in some ways, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I, it's worthy to just say that you know, CL Smooth, what really could have been one of those and is one of the most underrated um underappreciated uh, rappers out, out there um o- over the course of hip-hop history um and uh you know hopefully we've given some form of flowers in this in this case uh which we always obviously try to do with these but um yeah man it's a great it's a great duo for as short-lived you know album wise and, and work wise as it was um, and obviously they had uh, incremental uh, coming coming back togetherness uh, to do a few tracks here and there, you know, sprinkled in, but no full full on project. Um, you know, it, it's 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 great that we got uh, the work of the the work that we uh, the work that we received because it was um, you know truly great work and there was no lulls throughout any of it, none, nothing. There was no garbage, no garbage, no mids. No average, just all high quality music, all high quality hip hop, uh, early nineties hip hop, and uh, what more can you ask for in that case? So it's interesting, isn't it? Like just the way that people drop off out of just things. Like CL, we could agree that CL Smooth was just. I mean, I I obviously wasn't you know around when these albums dropped, but I feel like if I was, it would have been like, holy fuck, man, this guy can spit, and yet. You know, we don't speak of him as much as we really should. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'll talk about the breakup just quickly because the the breakup is weird, man. The breakup is weird. So Pete Rock told Riot Sound, we kind of went our separate ways. We just didn't get along at a certain point in our career. The maturity levels were uneven, and I felt like, you know, all I wanted to do was music and just keep doing that. That's all I was focused on. That's all I cared about. You know, we just saw differences in each other. And the record label had a lot to do with splitting us up. Bro, come on, record <laughs> labels. Like, oh, every week, it is. every week, everyone we love, it just hates record labels. There it is. Oh, my days. Electra doing so it. So he, he continues, when Sylvia Roan came into play, it was all difficult. It went from all angles because she dropped in. She dropped me in CL. And from then on, I just kept it moving and kept doing what I had to do to keep making music. CL Smooth, a little bit different. He says, The breakup bothered me to the point where I fell out of love with music. I had to get a spark from somewhere else, and that spark was living my life. Once I started to live my life and get adapted to my children growing up, learning how to communicate with them, it gave me a reality check on what was lacking in my life. It helped me understand how I lost my rap group. I lost it through communication. Now, Mm. I found that really interesting. Because when I was doing this research and thinking about it, like like I grew up playing cricket at a relatively high level and we were young and we were, you know, mostly all potential superstars of the future. And like when you turn 30 and you look back at it and you're like, okay, like one of those or two of those 40 people that I was around during that period ended up making it. 
The rest, I've still got them on Facebook, man. I see what they do all the time or Instagram. It's like they're just chilling. They're living their life. They've got a job somewhere else. They're working in the city or they've moved to the country or they're living in a different country or they've got three kids. Like, you know, and I think in hip hop, we get we get spoiled a little bit or we get these blinders on where we think that this is all the artist is going to do for the rest of their life. You know, they were young when these, these, these albums came out. Like CL Smooth was young. And so... We just think, oh, yeah, you make music now. That's your career. That's what you're going to do forever. And it doesn't end up being that way. Like, look at the way that people still talk about Joe Budden being a rapper. He's like, I'm not, I don't rap anymore. I'm doing something completely different. I don't do it anymore. And people still like, nah, nah, he'll come back. He'll come back. And so I think with CL Smooth, it's like these artists, unless they get immortalized and become like these cult figures, um, and I guess, you know, I can't even really think of who we... We might say AZ because of yeah. that one verse, basically. <laughs> yeah. But like, or, you know, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, unless unless there's something <clears throat> I truly iconic about that period that they had, we just forget about them. And it just confuses me a little bit because it's like the music is still great. It's like we, you know, Seal Smooth put out two solo albums, 07 and 08, I think they came out. You know, that's 13 years after The Main Ingredient. And yeah, he popped up on some Pete Rock joints. Uh, and of course, he always spat fire. But like, yeah, I just wonder that. And and just with regards to like where they would have gone, like they're, they're, you know, I say the breakup is weird because like there's interviews all over the 2010s. Like 2010, they were actually performing together. And then by 2016, they'd broken up again. And then by 2017, they were back together again. And in 2019, they were not together again. Like, they genuinely has been all over the place. And it seems like every time they make a decision to get back together, they do an interview. And then when they break up, they do another interview. So it's like the 2010s is just littered with interviews where one will say, uh, inside the reunion of CL Smooth and Pete Rock. And then the next interview next year will say, inside how they broke up. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, what's going on behind closed doors? But yeah, just prophesizing like where they could have been. I genuinely see a lot of uh, Q-Tip and a lot of A Tribe Called Quest. Like, I just see that they may have gone in that direction. And we know how amazing We Got It From Here was um, uh, in 2016. Uh, and I, I genuinely think that we've been robbed a little bit mm-hmm. of that because they were always so political, these two artists. And Pete Rock has said in numerous interviews, you know, one of, the, and we'll talk about it in, in a solo episode about why he hasn't become Mount Rushmore worthy when he genuinely is. Why people don't talk about him the same way they talk about Timbo or Swizz or Just Blaze, etc., etc. But like, I genuinely feel if they had linked back up and created something in the current climate, it would just be so relevant and so vital and so essential because that was just what, the, you know, that was the time they were on back in the early 90s. And, you know, I, I think that they could get back into that pocket again. We still listen to Pete Rock to this day. We listen to Flea Lord and Pete Rock. So I, I don't see, you know, it's sad. Like, it's sad to me that they, they haven't managed to get back in the studio together. Um, but again, like, we can't control that. But, yeah, I just, I, I wish people put a little bit more respect on CL Smooth's name because... Yeah, when you say like it was a quite a um, an equal duo, I genuinely feel that way. You know, I do feel like Pete Rock is a legend, but I think that that legend status it could have been it could have been conveyed upon CL Smooth if he had the 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 desire and the motivation to to work mm-hmm. in the industry the way that Pete Rock has. And 
I think at the time when they came together, it was beautiful. And, and at least we have those two albums. But yeah, I do wish that we had a little bit more from them. Mm. Maybe Seal Smooth like saw Pete Rock's cesspool of an Instagram and was just like, bro. <laughs> yeah, I've not been on uh, Pete Rock's Instagram, but you have told me that he is. Um, <laughs> he posts interesting. so often. It's fucking, it's just an endless oh, stream of just Hulk and uh, uh, classic Hulk TV clips and sometimes music and chemtrail conspiracy theories. And, oh, it's so oh, it's 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 all over the place. Don't understand it. <laughs> I just wanted to throw it out. Why do these? Why do? Why do our legends insist on just? And it didn't just say something <laughs> recently. Like it was just mad cringe. Like, I, I forgot. Yeah, he said something like last week or something. Yeah. What did he say? Something. I don't know, but like, it's just, ugh, I don't. But know like, why. then we get Royce with any vax bars. Uh, it's like, what the fuck, guys? Like, yeah. uh, it was Jizzak. He was a flat earther and an anti vaxxer Jizzak. Oh God. <laughs> Why? How? He has the science Why? bars. He's the he's the guy with the science bars. Like that's well known. Like what? Oh, oh I don't my know. God. Anyway, uh, this has gone off the rails. I'm sorry. I've taken this off the rails. We had a good finish, and I just wanted. And I just killed it for trying to be funny, and now I'm just sad. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> All right, shout out to P Rock and Seal Smooth. Uh, P Rock solo episode coming soon. Whenever we feel like it, and uh, whenever I feel like getting into the solo workers. Um, could probably could probably be uh, next week. I think we're both prepared for a Pete Rock solo episode. I think just putting it out. Maybe, there. maybe, maybe we shall see. We, we we shall see on that front if that will happen. <laughs> okay, so with that said, we shall hop into our light and And um, bro, he has so many fucking projects. I'm just saying. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, no, no. So a light and for this week. No, no. It's most of them are we're just gonna uh, we're gonna do well, the so, you know, we're gonna do the everything 2000, 2016 onwards. So pretty much cool. I was just saying, I lighter note this week. Like I was so excited to get into this uh, this WAP breakdown. Like fuck, man. I thought this was gonna be the point of the episode. <sighs> Cardi B and Megan <laughs> The Stallion <laughs> put out a new song, a new collaborative song called WAP. And the WAP stands for wet ass pussy. Light, no, and way, Charlie's like, been in my Charlie's been in my VMs all week. Just like, can we break it down? No, we, I'm like no, Charlie. I don't know. No, like no, I don't think no, I don't no, really no, want. No, to. Is no, it that no, deep? No, no. And Charlie's like, it's deep, you man. Come on, I want to get my shit scum. off. Let me talk you... about this. <laughs> and I'm just like Charlie. Do we have to? You so the floor's yeah. yours, Charlie. Speak about how this song spoke to you. He's got nervous <sighs> now. You're fucking trash. Like. <laughs> I'll light a note for this week. In honour of uh, Watch the Throne turning nine, and uh, I watched last night several times, honestly, um, the, uh, their, perf- their half-hour performance uh, uh, Hackney in London uh, for the BBC uh, Radio 1 Big Weekend in 2012, I want to say. Um Obviously, the, the, the legend of that album was obviously that they performed uh, the song Paris uh, 12 times in Paris. Um, so I wanted to ask Ben uh, if you had the energy for it, because I'm trying to think about it. Like, how would you logically have, as a, as a, like, a person in the crowd, how would you logically have the energy to 
to get hype over one song twelve times being played twelve times. Like I don't care how many times you're remixing it, how many times you want to switch it up uh, in any in any way at any point in the song. How do you have the energy for that? But I digress. If you had the energy to listen to or to jam to a uh, a live song uh, twelve times back to 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 back. I don't even know if I said it 12 times, but hopefully I did. Um, what would that song be? And obviously, who would the artist be? It's an interesting question because, like, there's, you know, it's actually deeper than people think. You know, you can't just come in and play a song 12 times. You can't just play any song. Like, I was thinking, like, oh, you know, I could listen to PSA by Jay-Z back to back to back to back. But you can't yeah. because it's like, it's not... There's no, there's got to be elements to it, you know, like there's got to be a bit of comedy and humor to it because you're going through phases like the first three times you're just hyped that you've heard the song, you know, when you're at a concert and you hear your favorite song, you're like, oh my God, my favorite song, yeah. like you go crazy for it. Then the fourth and fifth time you're kind of like, again, really, maybe the sixth time. And then the seventh time, you're like kind of getting into like, you know, like Kanye comes in. She said, yay, can we get married at the mall? Like you're kind of getting into the comedy of it. And then the final three times, you're just like, okay, this is funny now because we're just continuing. Like it's a joke. Like we're just continuing. We're not, we're not mad hype to hear this song. But I feel like the last couple of times you get back into that, like now we're super hype. So it's a journey. It's definitely a journey you're going to go on. Like, it's 12 times, it's 3 minutes of time, it's 36 minutes. Like, that's a long fucking time. <laughs> the only song that I really thought of, like, this, and it's because Azalea Banks used to do it, is it is 212. Like, I feel like you could just play that oh, 212 over and over again. Ballpark. I did not like that one, okay. <laughs> did not see that You don't pick. reckon? I reckon that would, I mean, like... I mean, I, mean, I get I it. Watched... I just didn't see that pick come from you. <laughs> I watched Coachella in 2012, I think it was, um, and I watched it on my little iPad, and she was performing, and I was like, "What is she gonna perform?" And she performed two one two like three times, and I was like, "Okay, that makes sense." Like, and it was just mad hype; it went crazy. But like, I'm trying to think of similar songs. Like, I was thinking like "Broccoli" by Dram and Little Yachty, um, mm. you know, just but but you can't get twelve plays out of that, like. <laughs> Paris was a movement, you know, that song was a movement. I'm trying to think, like, maybe you could play Crank That, like, 12 times, and people would just go through a similar journey. Like, they'd be mad hype because it's their favorite song. Then they'd be like, why? Then they'd be kind of getting into the comedy of it, and then they'd be hype again. Um, but I think it would only ha- it could only be these, like, big kind of poppy songs with, like, kind of inane lyrics. Like, I really don't think you could get... 12 plays out of something you know even hype songs like we know just blaze like think of how many just blaze songs are you going to be able to play 12 times not that many you can't play show me what you got 12 times in a row your head will just be like every time you hear that you'll be like no stop man Oh, so like I think it's I think it's a rare quality, and I think not many artists have attempted to mimic oh. this this method that Jay Z and Kanye have done. Uh, and I think there's a good reason for that because I don't think there's too many songs to be capable of doing that. To be honest, yeah, it's hard. Um, I I there are there are a few I could pick out. I just off the top of my head that I can get through like you know in that six range 
for like another six more Twelve. where your um uh like you said when like your uh, motives change in terms of why you're why you getting hyped to this like still you know what i mean um so oh, there's no lock uh, for 12 consecutive, um, for a few, I've listened to, like, you know, a few, a few times, um, you know, um, several Kendrick songs, actually, um, now I'm thinking about it, uh, J-Rock's win, actually, I think I would, uh, I, I get a few, I can get some mileage off that, um, listen, listen to that several times, um, I listened to, I, I have listened to it live, and I definitely could have done with a few more times, 12, Eh, maybe. Um, just I'm just looking for my regular rotation right now. Just like trying to, just trying to think of like how many times would I play it? Would I have that? Would I be willing to listen to that several times? Um, maybe if you know, you know. That's a good shout. Uh, I'll get. I, I think I can mm. get a few times off that. And like, uh, you get, you get, literally just like stop it, and you could just go. Just wheel it up and just go. If you know, you know. Um, many Kendrick ones. Uh, Humble's definitely there. DNA's definitely there. Um, I think the closest, the closest I can get to twelve, uh, if if everyone had the energy for it, and it was just a matter of like mental willpower. <laughs> oh. Oh, you know, it's a good shout. Okay, I was going to say Kendrick's all right, and I think that's closest, and I'll probably be my answer. I don't know if I'll get to 12 on it, but I think I can get a, a good mileage on that. But a good shout that fits your um, slightly comedic sensibilities with it. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 oh, what's it? Well, I, forgot, I forgot the first two bars, but... Um, oh, yeah. Rab with the mob. Hum do voila. Check you and me, and do your job. Berg is the name. Brittany playing Jane. Ah, fuck your bitch for that irony. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that, I think that. You know what? That's close. That's close. I think I can get at least ten on that. That'll be, that'll be fucking crease. Yeah, yeah. Just, just stop at wee wee. Just don't say that. Just don't say that bar, and we'll be fine. Um, the rest of it. The rest of it I can live with, because <laughs> that that that's the only re- that's actually the only reason why I don't have that track on my regular rotation on right now. Because, oh, who say we we in twenty whatever fucking year it drops? Like, come on, guys, come on, guys. you you are grown men. Say. Don't say we we. Stop, stop, stop. You can't say that with 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 seriousness. You wrote that bar, my guy. You can't do that. That's just that's just there's childish, and that's just that's just creepy. That, like, ah, ah. Anyway, that's probably my answer. Uh, I was thinking, uh, I was, uh, that's a that's a good shout. I was going through my regular rotation after you said that. I think bands make a dance with Juicy J, Little Wayne, like and and Two Chains. I think you could probably get, you could get a fair few songs out of that. Uh, what else was I finding in here? Uh, I can't think of an Eminem song to be honest, which is weird because he does have anthems. Like you know, as much as we don't speak about Eminem very much anymore, uh, maybe Yonkers by Tyler. You might get 12 out of Yonkers. I actually think you probably could get 12 out of Yonkers. I think that might be the one that I would say is the closest. Uh, you could go real 
you know, imagine trying to get 12 pyramids from Frank Ocean. <laughs> now, that would be a journey. You'd be there for fucking That'd years. That'd be a journey, bro. though. <laughs> Just go We'd all have to song. take that journey. <laughs> We'd all have to take that journey together. Shit. I'm thinking there's got to be a there's got to be a Kanye song, like... Ah, but I can't think. Like, I was thinking, like, maybe Drunken Hot Girls, but, like... Something from Graduation, maybe? Maybe Slow Jams? Maybe, uh... Maybe Gold Digger? You might be able to get Gold Digger off that many times. Um, Nah, I ain't ain't taking taking 12 of Gold Digger. I like Gold Digger, but I ain't taking 12 of that. I ain't taking that Gold Digger. I think Can't Tell Me Nothing's a good shot. Can't tell me nothing. Yeah, it's just, a good just, shout. just shut it down um, and then, like, just literally just go. La, 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 la. Just, 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 can't, just constantly do that. Because that, that beat hit just fucking knocks. I could take 12 of that, I think. Yeah, that's possible. You could you could get some Dr. Dre in there. You could get a bit of. Uh, oh, I'll about Dre. Still, oh, yeah, I'll take 12 Still Dre's. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, him and Snoop. Yeah, man. I could take 12 of that. You could get some the next episode. I reckon you could get 12 out of the next episode. Yeah. Fuck, man. What about Hypnotize? You could get some Hypnotize. Good shot. Good shot. Or Good maybe show. Juicy would be better. Maybe Juicy would be better. Juicy would be great. Um, Juicy would be great if you had, like, a couple of mates with you. Like, can you just, like... You know very well. Just, just singing that to him. That'd be great. Yeah. That's a good shot. That's a good shot. All right. We're flowing now. We're flowing. Yes. <laughs> You know what Jay Z song you might be able to get out of it is Big Pimpin. You might be able to get twelve out of Big Pimpin. Potentially, because that you that Pimp C verse is just gonna every time, and it's only it's only eight bars, so you're gonna want to run it back. You know, I always want to run that song back because yeah, that's you know I reckon that you could get that. You might be able to get some Snoop, like maybe some Drop It Like It's Hot. Um, um maybe yeah, you could definitely get five some, or yeah. six out Varto, of that. I'll, t- I'll take a couple of Vatos. Oh, Snoopy went straight to the trunk of <laughs> <God>. his car. <laughs> and what he do? Real hard. Oh, yeah. Snoop's got a couple, of guaranteed. Oh, mate, I'll get some Dizzy Rascals. I get, I could take a couple of Dizzy Rascals. There's some there. Some fix up look sharp. Yeah, I could take some fix up look fix sharp. Fix up look sharp. Holiday. That would be oh, holiday. Dope, uh, yeah. If it, if energy wasn't a factor, I'd get some. Uh, I'd take twelve holidays. That's, that song's a banger. Oh, bonkers! Imagine oh. twelve bonkers. You lose twelve kilos. Oh my god, that'd be fu- the mosh pits. Oh my gosh, the mosh pits. Oh, my gosh. oh people would die. <laughs> <laughs> oh what about god. Anderson Pack? I want to throw his Did... name out there. That's, that's, I think he's got a few. He must have a couple. Anderson Pack's got some smooth jams. Like you could just kind of just chill. Lightweight. To them. Yeah. I'll take ten of those. Uh, you know who I, you know who I reckon might have a couple is DMX. Like X gonna give it to you twelve times. You're gonna have you're gonna have three assault oh charges by the end gosh. of that concert. I think we found our winner, bro. I think we X-Gon found our winner. Give it to you. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's couple. Just like just oh, constant rough. Yes. Just twelve, just Even twelve rough rides anthems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts. That's definitely on my list. Twelve rough rides anthems. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Can we can we leave it there? That's just. That's per- that's perfect way to do it. That's perfect way to do it. Oh wait. Yeah. One one more. One more. No, 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 no,
Curtis blows the brakes. From the Fifth <laughs> Podcast Network. This is ridiculous digits. There's synergy in that. Charlie started with his little joke and he ended with his little joke. <laughs> I'm so proud of that. I'm so fucking proud of that. That literally just came into my head right now. Oh, oh my god. god. I nearly, Great song. I, I nearly Great let it slip. I'd certainly um, I'd certainly give that a give that I've I've given it multiple spins before, I'm sure in a constant <laughs> setting. And I'm sure the youth would enjoy it too. Like, you know, it's got the relevance of, of a Paris or a or an ex gone give it to you. So it will work, man. It will fucking work. People laughing at you guys don't understand. Go listen to The Breaks by Curtis Blow. Oh. And you tell me that that is not a top five hip-hop song of all time. You tell me that and I'll, I'll point at you and I'll say you're a liar. <laughs> you're wrong. Oh, from the Fifth Foot Podcast Network, this has been Digging Digits. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. I know I have. Uh, I've enjoyed it over the Fifth Foot. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. Oh, yo, hope you all have a great week. We shall always, always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is piece of video games by bonus points. Plays a chill off records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and chill off records will be in the full show notes wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. We'll see you next time on Digging in the Digits. <laughs>